Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. Dominic, we've got some playoff football to recap. We've got games to preview. I'm super excited for this show. Man, what a crazy year it's been in the NFL. And this playoff wildcard week, super wildcard weekend was absolutely no different. Dominic, super excited to do the show. And uh, yeah, Dominic, we got super wildcard weekend. And I love the fact that we got these extra playoff teams because we had three days of football this weekend. Yeah, three days of amazing football. We couldn't have asked for a better showcase. I think that we had it all this week. Crazy games. So I can't wait to get it started. Let's get it going. Yes, Dominic, 100%. Let's get it going. We got a ton of great QBs left. We got a ton of great teams. So many games to preview, Dominic. So many games to predict as well. I'm going to toss it over to you, Dominic. Curious to see which the first game you're going to choose. But let's uh, go over one game and uh, let's dissect it. Yeah, let's go right off the bat. The first game, San Francisco versus the Seattle Seahawks. Great game. I really loved this game. I think that it had us all on the edge of our seats right until Geno Smith fumbles the ball in the third quarter. Yeah. And then it was game over for the Seattle Seahawks. But up until then, boom, this game had it all. As much as people might not like Geno Smith, yeah, trust me, Geno Smith came to ball, played his heart out, and at the end of the day, someone has to win. And the San Francisco 49ers just had, you know, the Seattle Seahawks number. Let's talk stats. Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries, 119 yards. He came out to play. Debo Samuels, six receptions, 133 yards, one touchdown. He came out to play. And what about this young kid, Brock Purdy? I mean, he is making me a believer. I don't care where this kid got drafted. This guy literally, we were laughing about him, right? Saying like, is this guy the next Tom Brady, Brock Purdy? But to be honest with you, if I'm the 49ers franchise, I'm making this kid my franchise quarterback. I'll tell you why. Because he's a winner. That's obvious. Number one. Number two, if you look at his salary, it is so low. San Francisco has a beautiful opportunity to build around this guy. I don't want to see Trey Lance. And you know what? Jimmy Garoppolo, I do like Jimmy, but you know what? He's always injured. He could be out the door. Why not give the keys to Brock Purdy? This guy, especially, you know, if he makes it to the NFC Championship, which he might, you know, he's going to have a hard game against the Dallas Cowboys. But tell me something, William. Do you believe in Brock Purdy? Because I honestly do right now. I do, Dominic. I do. And I think that, you know, like you said, you said it well, Dominic. He's a winner. He's calm. He's composed. And I think that if you look at this game, Dominic, He did not start off this game very well. He was missing a few throws, and that could rattle a rookie QB, any rookie QB, uh, let alone Mr. Irrelevant, seventh-round pick, last pick in the draft. And it just did not seem to bother him. You saw him get a little frustrated. There was plays where he missed open receivers. Um, Thinking about a play where Debo Samuel was open, he ended up going to Brandon Ayuk, almost got intercepted. And he didn't let it rattle him. He could have, you know, cocooned in a shell. He could have said, you know what, like, Pressure's getting to me. Seattle was in this game early on, and you know people thought they were going to get blown out. So I thought like his his resilience, his his uh, his determination, his willpower in this game was it shows a lot. Down, it showed a lot of maturity on his part because it, it's not easy to start a game off a little bit difficult in the playoffs and still be able to rebound, Dominic. So I think he's a winner, and I'm with you on this one. Yeah, we have to say that he is 
going to be the franchise quarterback moving forward. I don't care what anybody else says. If this guy makes it to the NFC Championship, give him the keys to the franchise. It is his to have. As for the Seattle Seahawks, you know, Pete Carroll, you did a great job. No one saw you coming. Honestly, no one saw the Seattle Seahawks coming slowly but surely. You know, Russell Wilson was out the door. Everyone's like, there you go, Seattle. You just threw away your franchise. But no, as long as you have Pete Carroll there, he's going to put a competitive team. I love Kenneth Walker III. He didn't have a a big game in this game, but still ran hard for 63 yards, averaging 4.2 yards a carry. He definitely will be a great player for the Seahawks moving forward. And how about DK Metcalf? I mean, for all the drama this guy gives you, he shows up in the playoffs and this guy 10 receptions 136 yards two touchdowns you know sometimes i'm always like yo this guy he's a he's a distraction you you shouldn't have him on your football team but you know what if he's gonna play like this come the playoffs sign me up for some dk metcalf he is a baller come playoff time if you can just keep him nice calm cool and collected during the season which obviously pete carroll did he honestly managed to get them to the playoffs and DK Metcalf had a beautiful game. And just unfortunately it wasn't enough when you can run the ball at will, you know, that clock keeps on ticking and the San Francisco 49ers take the football game 41 to 23. Yeah, Dominic, they definitely do. I think to, to uh, add on your point about DK Metcalf, I was thinking to myself before the game, if Seattle has any chance in this game, it would have to be DK Metcalf's best game of the season and he'll have to be the best player on the football field for the Seahawks team you know not uh, Tyler Lockett not Geno Smith not anybody on the defense but it would have had to be uh, DK Metcalf and he had some nice catch in this game and you could tell he was locked in he was focused happy about that but I think for Seattle Dominic moving forward now is looks like they want to keep Geno Smith I think if you're Geno Smith why why would you not want to stay with Seattle you got a team that loves you um you got a great head coach, like you said, in Pete Carroll. And you got an offense that you seem to have, have mastered for the most part fairly quickly in the season. Um, and, uh, you know, was MVP candidate early on in the season. So I think if Regino Smith made, make the right call, stay in Seattle, uh, I'd be surprised to see him in another uniform next year. But, you know, a surprising season nonetheless for the Seattle Seahawks. Good stuff on them. But, yes, it is the 49ers, Dominic, moving on in this game. And, um I'm just like, like I said, Dominic, for me, the takeaway in this one is happy to see Brock Purdy uh, continue to keep a cool, cool, uh, calm head uh, on his shoulders because, you know, it wasn't the perfect game that we that we're used to seeing this year out of him. But 18 completions, 332 yards in this one. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of Debo Samuel in this one. I think with George Kittle, Dominic, getting two catches for only 37 yards and with this team still able to put up the amount of points they did uh, is impressive. So, you know, this team could win in, in a, a ton of different ways. And I think that just shows in this game. Um, yeah, Dominic, uh, what are your what are you feeling, Dominic? Without giving your pick, thoughts on 49ers, uh, Cowboys quickly. Oh, you know, it's going to be a great classic football game. I think a lot of fans that are 49ers fans and a lot of fans that are Dallas Cowboys fans know there's a lot of history behind this game. Yeah. So it's going to be a good one. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you on that one, Dominic. Let's continue with the uh, the order. We had a two-game Saturday night. Uh, sorry, two-game Saturday. One was the game we recapped. The other one was the Los Angeles Chargers pulling a Chargers in this game, losing 31-30 to after being up 27-0. After this game, I said to myself, I have to watch this game again because I don't know like how this went so wrong so quickly for this Chargers team, Dominic. And, you know, there's a lot to take away from this game. But we, I just talked about Brock Purdy and 
The fact that he had a tough start to his game and ended up winning. I don't think you could have scripted a more difficult start for Trevor Lawrence in this one. It was a stat I couldn't believe. At one point in the game, he had thrown more passes uh, to Asante Samuel Jr. Dominic, who was obviously on the Los Angeles Chargers, than to his own team. He had two completions in the game, and he had three interceptions thrown at one point, all to Asante Samuel Jr. He threw four picks in the first half. This was like a Madden game when you're playing like all Madden. It's like you can't even gain in two yards. And it's like, what's happening? Chargers players were jumping over everything. And it was like, they just could not get anything going. And then the second half, Dominic, something just switched. And this Chargers... Um, Team collapsed, but it was the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, Dominic, to me in the second half that really got things going. And it was like Trevor Lawrence was back at Clemson. They were doing the hurry up offense. He was hitting who he wanted, wherever he wanted, however he wanted, and for how many yards he wanted. And this game, Evan Ingram, seven catches, 93 yards, a touchdown. Christian Kirk, eight catches, 71 yards, a touchdown. Zay Jones, eight catches, 74 yards, a touchdown. When you, you're hitting three receivers, Dominic, with seven plus receptions each, a touchdown each, and, uh, you know, over seven. 24 yards um, for all three of those receivers, Dominic. You're not going to lose many football games if you're the charge, if you're the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And, uh, you know, they clutched up. And this is an, a massive collapse by the Chargers. And, you know, I was in a group chat and they were like, are the Chargers going to pull out Chargers? And I was like, there's no way. It, it, like, I just thought that this game was going to be close. I didn't think the Chargers were actually going to find a way to lose this game, Dominic. But nonetheless, they did. I think Staley is as good as gone. I'm surprised he still has a job as we speak today. And, oh, man, if, if you're a Chargers fan, Dominic, it's going to be a tough offseason. I feel bad for you in this one. And, look, Staley decided to play Mike Williams last game, who ended up getting injured. I want to make this a lot more about Jacksonville and their comeback. I think it was an incredible comeback. I, I'm happy to see the story continue for Trevor Lawrence and the Jags and that home crowd. But, man, Dominic, this story is getting old for the Los Angeles Chargers. It is getting old for the Los Angeles Chargers. And these Chargers fans, they've seen horrible, horrible losses in the playoffs. And I, I really feel for that fan base. But, you know, when it comes down to it, ownership's got to get it right. And ownership right now has Brandon Staley as their, as their coach, I should say. And that is the problem with the Chargers. He's been there from day one, building Herbert in his career. It's the wrong guy to build Herbert's career. From day one, this guy is a gambling kind of coach. Goes on and on fourth down. At least last year, I don't even know how many times he went on the fourth down. Obviously, he learned a bit from his lessons. He took a step back. He's like, okay, I'm going to try to ease my, my play calling abilities. But in this game, dude, where was your executioner kind of like put the Jaguars away? You could have thought at 27 nothing. It was a way, but it was all those missed opportunities and those field goals yeah, that really, you know, gave a slight smidge of our hope. You know, you're down 27, nothing. You're like four touchdowns. Can I still do it? Four touchdowns. Can I still do it? As long as you don't get past that, like 28 point, you know, like you're in the 29 point, you still have a chance. Yeah. I thought the game was over. Trust me. I had 27, nothing. It's going to take you the third biggest comeback in playoff history to, to, to make it happen. And Trevor Lawrence throwing four picks. This game was over. However, (laughs) Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars did gain a bit of experience during the season, doing these great comebacks. And, yeah, I guess there was a smidge of an opportunity, but it had to happen with terrible coaching by the Chargers. Just terrible coaching. And quite frankly, this guy should have been fired right after the game. 
I think the ownership, again, I started off by saying that it's their responsibility to get this guy out the door. They didn't do it right off the bat. Yeah. It tells me that they're, they're not thinking straight. If you lose a game where you're up 27, nothing, you do not belong in the NFL. Look yeah. what happened to Atlanta when they lost that Super Bowl. What happened to Dan Quinn? Gone. Okay. I'll give it to Shanahan. He revived his career. And you could kind of say that Dan Quinn's kind of reviving his career with the Dallas Cowboys as well. But these guys were gone. Why is Brandon Steely still a head coach is absolutely mind boggling. As for the performance itself, they played out, you know, they played a really good football game. Herbert got way too many passes deflected here and there. He's going to have to fix that. That's just not acceptable. Why is he always getting his ball tips? He's throwing it way too low. I mean, yes, he's got a great arm and he can do a lot of angle throws, but I saw too many tip balls in this game. As for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'll flip the script to you. Great comeback. I mean, I can't take that away from you. I mean, that's just a phenomenal, phenomenal comeback. Trevor Lawrence, after being down, you know, four interceptions to come and and throw four TDs. That's if if he doesn't become a good quarterback after this game, you know, because I'm I'm still got a I got a huge question mark on Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he's a great quarterback. And I, I and I saw that in the beginning of this game, and it was the same thing that I saw during the season. The guy's just not consistent. And until I see some consistency with Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to give him more of the benefit of the doubt. But right now, I'm still not a fan, even though he had his remarkable comeback. Travis Etienne, on the other hand, wow, yeah. what a beautiful player to build off. This oh, guy no. is the real deal. 20 carries, 109 yards as a rookie coming in. Boom. Or second year, I should say, but we all know it's technically his rookie year. Yeah. Boom. He delivered. And a young guy by the name of Evan Ingram. My hat's off to him. He yeah. kind of got lost in the shuffle as a Giants, you know, a tight end that you know people kind of threw him out the door. But quite frankly, this guy's a good football player. Peterson brought him in. That was probably his best pickup. He delivered seven receptions, 93 yards, and a TD. That all being said is the reason why Jacksonville is where they're at moving on. And then you, you got to give props to that defense because that defense yeah. – feeds off momentum and as soon as they saw the momentum happening in their direction they took over this football game for the jaguars so hats off to the jaguars third greatest comeback in playoff history i don't think we're going to be seeing that for another 10 years this one i don't know again if i'm a chargers fan this things and you gotta fire brandon steely by next week yeah, it was just a lot of mistakes for this Chargers team, right? 27 nothing. How do you find a way to lose this game? Uh, Bosa, on the other hand, Dominic, just completely losing his cool uh, and then giving them the opportunity to go for two in the end, ended up getting it, and that ultimately ended up being the difference because they won by one. Uh, just really surprised to see a player of his caliber lose it like that. And it was it was, it was was mistakes after mistakes that you talk about. The missed field goals, their inability to run the ball for the Chargers continues to hurt them in this one, unable to chew the clock and, and you know take time off. Off. But, you know, hats off to Trevor Lawrence, Dominic. He got the W in this one. He deserved it. And it was a big year for him. You know, had a lot of expectations being that number one overall pick. And so far this season, he's been silencing the critics because of his, his ability to stay calm, stay cool, Dominic. And similar to Brock Purdy, after, you know, not having a great start in this one, continuing to bounce back. And I'm happy for the Jags and for Lawrence. We still got a few more games to recap, Dominic. Let's bounce around and go to Buffalo uh, against the Miami Dolphins. Ah, my Miami Dolphins lose a heartbreaker, thirty-four to thirty-one, Dominic. A uh, seventeen-point lead for the Bills evaporated. Miami comes back, makes it a game. I'm going to toss it over to you quickly to get uh, your initial reactions on the game. Yeah, great football game all around. Hats off to both teams. You guys put on a great show for all of us to watch. 
I'm going to start off by talking about uh, Skylar Thompson. I mean, yeah. the, the stats aren't really there, 18 for 45 for 220, but the game that he played, in my opinion, regardless of the stat, was stellar. I think to keep your composure when you're down 17-0 is uh, quite the hard thing to do. We saw Trevor Lawrence do it, but Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick overall. Skylar Thompson was one of the last picks of the draft last year. So for a guy to play that well against probably the Super Bowl favorites in many people's eyes and to be able to keep his composure and to stay in this football game is quite the testament to Skylar Thompson's skills. I think he'll make a great backup quarterback. I don't think he'll be a starter ever in the NFL, but for a seventh-round pick, to have that experience – Hats off to you, Skyler. You did an amazing job. I know your dad drove down from Missouri. And it's a great story for the fans to follow. And we kind of felt it, right? We felt that, what, is, is this guy actually going to come back and, and beat the Buffalo Bills? Is this actually going to happen? It didn't happen. It didn't happen because, you know, it's it's a lot of people think that it's Buffalo's destiny to win the Super Bowl. And let's talk some stats. Josh Allen having a great game, 23 for 39, 352 yards. I say great game because he won the football game. I know he threw two picks, and some people might be like, ah, you know, those picks. Is it old Josh Allen? No, no. He definitely delivered some dimes. Uh, You have to give, you know, your hats off to him because uh, he obviously led his team to a victory. Stephon Diggs, you know, this guy's one of my favorite players in the NFL. He keeps on showing up in every single football game. He can have double coverage on him. It does not matter. He will still find a way. He catches 114 yards and seven receptions. A lot of people like Gabe Davis here. I I, I think that Gabe Davis is a playoff player, but I think he's a product of of Allen. Uh, He's only a play action receiver, but he definitely had the key catch. You know, tippy toes, makes it huge, gets the momentum. Gives the Bills that extra flame to drive all the way to the end with that late TD. So big factor in this football game. And that's for the Dolphins, you know, overall, don't change absolutely anything. Mike McDaniel, you know, to me, this was the game. Even though you lost, you found a way with a third string quarterback to keep this game competitive. You got to keep Tua next year. This rivalry is just the beginning. And I think that Tua would have won this football game. And I thought that he was going to play uh, in our last week's show, and he didn't play. And I think that was the difference maker. Buffalo takes it 34 to 31. Yeah, Dominic. Well, obviously a few things to talk about in this game. First off, like you said, we both thought Tua was going to play in this game. You know, was it going to be uh, a smart decision for him? We know he's a competitor. I thought he was going to do everything he could to come back and to get back on the field. Unfortunately, he didn't clear concussion protocol. So when I heard Skylar Thompson was starting, Dominic, you know, I, I didn't really have much faith in him. I didn't have much faith in the team. I thought the Bills were going to win and cover fairly easily. Just the fact that they were down 17 zip, Dominic, and made this a game. They started off exactly like people predicted. It was 17 nothing. Thompson, you know, wasn't having a great game. And, you know, Buffalo was playing well and they were at home. And you thought this was going to get ugly early. And it really didn't, Dominic. And, yes, while you look at Skylar Thompson's stats, 18 to 45, they're not great. But, man, oh, man, did the Dolphins receivers have drops in this one. Waddle, I love you. You know, you're my favorite player in the NFL. But he, he, he like, there's no way to say he let the team down. He really did that second play of the game. Play action, a great Kyle Ball McDaniel. Hits off his chest. 
bouncing complete. He had another drop in the game. Tyreek had a couple drops. Gasicki did. It was like this is exactly what you don't want when you're starting a rookie quarterback that was drafted in the seventh round. You want to help him out. And I like the aggressive play calling, but the receivers just couldn't catch him. You know, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was it was cold. The Bills defenders were on them. It was the pressure. Um you know, a lot of these players, it's their first playoff game, but he didn't he didn't get any help. And I thought that, you know, you look at his decision making, it was fairly good for the most part. Uh, but yeah, Waddle's drops were huge and were key in this one. And look, you know, I, I'm with you, Dominic. I like McDaniel. I like the season that we had. I would keep him. But he this offense just seemed unprepared time and time again against the play clock. And they had to burn three timeouts, Dominic, in the second half just to avoid delay of games. Fourth and one late in the game, the late game penalty brought it to a fourth and six, and that was really the dagger when they, when um, Thompson wasn't able to hit Kisiki. It was it just seemed like a, a struggle to get the play calls in, and you know maybe it was too much for McDaniel. Maybe him calling plays and coaching the team is a little bit too much. Maybe he needs to find somebody else to call plays for next season because it, I don't think it was fair to Thompson really to uh, to be up against the gun that way. And you're not going to beat a good team like the Bills. The fact that with all the mistakes the Dolphins had, Dominic, they were still able to keep this a close game for me uh, is very impressive in this one. I thought the defense had a heck of a game for Miami, Dominic. When you're able to uh, intercept Josh Allen twice, when you're able to score a touchdown on defense against this high-powered Bills offense, Dolphins defense didn't have a great year, but for me, they played very well in this game, good enough for the team to win. And for Miami, you got a lot of question marks. I think they stick with Tua. Do you decide to go after a quarterback now, either in the draft or free agency, because of his injury concerns? Who knows? I'm with you. I think you've got to keep Skylar Thompson. Uh, I think you've got to let Teddy Bridgewater go. Keep Thompson. See what you've got in there. Um, but, yeah, proud of the season the Dolphins had. Would have been nice to win a game for sure in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, with, with all things considered, I think it was a solid year. For Buffalo now, look, not a, necessarily a pretty win, Dominic, but still a win nonetheless. And uh, they were playing a hungry Dolphins team. And, you know, wins aren't easy to come by for uh, for any NFL team in the playoffs. So I think that, uh, you know, a win is a win just the same. What do you have to say to those saying that, you know, for the Bengals and the Bills, Dominic, this weekend, they really they won, but they really should have blown out their opponents. Is there cause for concern there or a win is a win in the NFL? Well, a win's a win in the NFL, no matter how you chalk it up. You know, you're moving on. I don't care if you 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 won by the water boy uh, somehow getting involved in the football game <laughs> against the opponent. You know, a win's a win in the NFL. That being said, I'm concerned for both these football teams, as we should all be. Next week, we'll see who rises to the top between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Bills. Uh, I think that uh, we'll talk about it a little later on, but I'd be a little bit concerned if I was both these franchises. But I want to say something about uh, Mike McDaniels before we go to um, yeah. another game here. I agree with you 100%. You know, these college football coaches, you know, I've been talking about them all year and I've been ripping into them. Yeah. You got to give it you got to give it to the Buffalo Bills fan base to have made it so hard on the play calls. I mean, there's a reason why there's 100,000 people sometimes in these stadium. And there's a reason why these quarterbacks, even with the headset, they have to push on the damn headsets with both yeah. their frigging hands to hear what the coach is saying. And, I mean, Skylar Thompson, again, young quarterback. Is he able to stop the ball at the right time? Is he prepared enough? There's all those elements. But I'll give one pass to McDaniel. I still think he, he delivered the Dolphins to the playoffs. So that's why McDaniel... I'll give you a pass, but I'm not a huge fan of college football coaches being so young. You know, we have to put some young coaches in the NFL, and I'm willing to risk McDaniel as your head coach moving forward. 
Yeah, I, I'm willing to give him another year, Dominic. I think it may be a little premature to fire him. Um, look, at the end of the day, did build this team to uh, a playoff appearance, their first one in six years. So I think they got a lot of good stuff to build on if you're Miami. Um, yeah, well, congrats, Buffalo. You guys are moving on. Another team moving on, Dominic, the New York Football Giants. Come away with the upset in Minnesota, 31-24 to over the Minnesota Vikings. Daniel Jones looking like Eli Manning during that playoff push, uh, during those two Super Bowl um, two Super Bowl wins. Definitely not using his legs <laughs> um, as little as Eli did in this game. 17 carries for Daniel Jones for 78 yards. And, you know, people knew he was athletic, Dominic, but I don't think we knew... Um, how much he, I won't, I don't want to say trust in his athleticism, but I was surprised and pleasantly surprised to see how much he carried the ball in this one, looking kind of like a Josh Allen. And look, Dominic, if you're Minnesota, I, I picked the Vikings to win this game. I thought we were going to get the good Vikings team in this one. And we did for the most part. We got the good Kirk Cousins until like that last throw of the game where it was fourth and he decides to throw three yards. So much to talk about in this game, Dominic. I think like you said, uh, or like I said, the Daniel Jones ran the football. Saquon Barkley going for two TDs. It, it, it is incredible to me, Dominic, The how the Giants are able to put up points and how Daniel Jones has had the season he has with this receivers, Dominic. You just look at the receivers in this game. Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Richie James, Daniel Bellinger, Lawrence Cager, I, I think I knew one of those players heading into the season in Darius Slayton, who had four catches, 88 yards in this one. Isaiah Hodgins, I had heard of him, but like, okay, do we did we really think he's a premium receiver in the NFL? Richie James, Daniel Bellinger, like, it's incredible to me this Giants team is able to put up points the way they're doing it and how well Daniel Jones is playing with these receivers he has. Imagine if you add a, a, a stud, imagine if you gave him – not even a Justin Jefferson. Let's say like uh, I don't know, maybe even like a like an Adam Thielen, Dominic, right? Or you think of somebody else, another uh, a solid receiver in the NFL, a guy like Robert Woods, you know, just Allen Robinson, just a guy that could kind of you know you know he could count on left three. He doesn't have any of these guys on this team, and he's still able to put up points uh, in this one and go into Minnesota and come away with the victory. A team in Minnesota that had Super Bowl aspirations. Matt, I'm loving this Giants team this year, Dominic. And you know, look at the the other. Side out of the coin Minnesota Kirk Cousins having a pretty good game for the most part Dominic but it just wasn't enough it wasn't enough for this team and I think that you know we were all fairly worried about this Vikings squad and if we'd find the consistent Vikings team week in and week out and unfortunately in this game we didn't and like you look Justin Jefferson seven catches great but only 47 yards for Justin Jefferson Dominic the best receiver in the NFL right now. It was TJ Hawkinson balling up for this squad, the, the acquisition from the Detroit Lions. And, you know, like, if you tell me Justin Jefferson has 47 yards receiving uh, at the end of the game, there's no way this Vikings team wins this game. And, and unfortunately, they didn't. And it was uh, this was like another great game, another back-and-forth game. New York Giants, you know, putting everything on the table, going for it late in this game on fourth and uh, fourth and one, doing a QB sneak with Daniel Jones getting it. I, I love this New York Giants football team right now, Dominic. Glad they got the win, and they're going to be playing Philadelphia next round. Yeah, man. Hats off to the Giants. Brian Dable, my man, delivered the goods against O'Connell. I saw that one coming. But at the end of the day, the glaring stat, you know, if I'm a Vikings fan, why did I lose this football game? Yeah. It's a bad game plan. Why did you make TJ Hawkinson your focal point against the Giants? When you have Justin Jefferson, the speedster, the destroyer, 
probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. I don't care how much coverage was on Jefferson. You got to get him more than 47 yards. Yeah, he caught the ball seven times. He had nine targets. But why is that stat at 47? You could chalk it up to the DBs, but trust me, as good as the Giants are, those DBs aren't that great. Jefferson should have got off in this football game. If they're playing in a dome, there's no weather, there's no excuse. There's just no excuse. That's O'Connell's fault. I want to give my hats off to the guy who revived his career. And usually running backs have a short shelf life, especially when your knee gets blown. Saquon Barkley, wow. When Barry Sanders that said to me, or sorry, when Barry Sanders said to the world that Saquon was going to come back and he was going to roar and he was going to destroy the NFL. Well, boy, was he right. Because in this football game, look at Saquon's eyes. He is a madman. He is just a destroyer. He went out there. He didn't have a lot of yardage. But when he had the ball in his hands, five point yards per carry. When you get that average, you're going to win a football game. To me, as much as I love Daniel Jones and his story, but it comes down to who's going to be the galvanizing guy in this football game. And it was Saquon because the entire defense of the Vikings, their focal point clearly was on Saquon and he yeah. still delivered. That's great scheming. That's Saquon playing hard. And that's the New York Giants moving on 31 to 24. I'm so proud of those Giants. And as for the Vikings, if Kirk Cousins is your damn frigging quarterback next year, you guys are losers. Big capital L, losers. How can a guy throw behind the yardsticks when he has to throw for a first down? It's a loser. If you want to be a loser, you keep Kirk Cousins as your football franchise quarterback because you will be as well a loser and you will never, ever go anywhere in the NFL. It just seemed to be such a Kirk Cousins throw dominant. Like he was having a fairly decent game. And it's like, you know, okay, it, like there's no excuse, absolutely no excuse for throwing five yards short of the sticks. But if you're throwing it to a guy like Justin Jefferson, okay, you know, he's got speed, maybe he gets that first down. But he's throwing to Hawkinson that has his defender draped all over him. I don't know what he was thinking, Dominic. Like, I think I just chalked it up as a Kirk Cousins type of throw. And if I'm being honest, Dominic, I think he's going to be the QB next year for the Vikings. And I, and I do think that's a mistake as well. I don't trust him. I haven't trusted it all year. And it's tough because you look at it statistically and he didn't have a poor game uh, in this one. But you, you just don't see him as a guy that's going to put a team on his back and win two, three, four consecutive play uh, games in the playoffs and, and lead his team to Super Bowl victory. And unfortunately, he, he didn't do it here. But I'm with you, Dominic. For me, for me, my game ball goes to Daniel Jones. I do like what I saw in Saquon. Daniel Jones, another player that's revived his career. I thought you were going to say Jones when you said that. But, uh, you know, a guy that you've been high on this year, Dominic, Daniel Jones, having a great game this one. But Saquon, Dominic, you saw the motivation he had every time he touched the ball, like you were saying. And after his first TD run where he tied the game up at 7 he was locked in. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you see like these, like LeBron James, these basketball players that are locked in after their first basket, you know, okay, this guy's going to have a good game. And yeah, only 53 yards, but still six yards to carry. And so those five receptions, for 56 yards, that's a big deal as well. Look, the, the Giants won't be favorites against the Philadelphia Eagles. We've seen some crazier things happen, Dominic, in this year in the NFL divisional game i guarantee you this game will be close and i guarantee you this new york giants football team will have a good game plan to to stop the philadelphia eagles i'm super super excited for that game um 
And mind you, for all four games happening this weekend, let's continue with those recaps, Dominic. Divisional matchup, Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, even without playing a fairly clean game, Dominic, squeak away with a 24-17 victory. The play of the game in this one, obviously being, if you want to call it a scoop and score, you want to call it a 98-yard ball popping in the air on a potential QB sneak and picked up by the Bengals and returned 98 yards. Man, what a turn of events in that game. 17-17, the Ravens are going down to pull off the upset. And unfortunately, it is not to be. It is the Bengals coming away with the victory. And similar to the Buffalo Bills, Dominic, a good team finding an ugly way to win the football game in this one. You know, Joe Burrow, 23 of 32, yeah, 209 yards, a touchdown. Statistically not that bad, but you expect a guy like Burrow to pass for over 209 yards in this game. And, you know, other than the receivers, Dominic, Jamar Chase, it wasn't too much of T. Higgins. It wasn't too much of Tyler Boyd in this one. Joe Mixon was really held in check and, like, for the Bengals to squeak away a victory in this one while not playing that great, I think it's just... It's a similar, you know, to to these good teams, uh, you know, for finding ways to win the game, even when they're not at their best. I think that's super important for Baltimore. You got to think you let this one slip, Dominic. Uh, Huntley in this one, 226 passing yards, uh, did a lot of his damage on the ground, 54 rushing yards in this one. And just not consistent on the offensive side of the football, Dominic, for this team. I thought, you know, the fact that they made it this close of a game without Lamar was impressive. Who knows what happens if Lamar if Lamar plays in this one. If you ask J.K. Dobbins, he thinks they win if they have Lamar Jackson in this one. Tough way to end the season for the Ravens, Dominic. A lot of question marks heading into the offseason at the quarterback situation. But it is the Bengals winning this game and moving on, Dominic. And they'll be playing the Buffalo Bills this weekend. Yeah, big win for the Cincinnati Bengals. They take it 24 to 17. I'm going to talk about Cincinnati because I'm going to have I'm going to have a very bizarre take on the Ravens. Let's talk Cincinnati right now. You know, it's going to be hard for you moving forward, but as long as you got Jamar Chase, anything is possible. This guy, wow, I love this ride receiver. I mean, you can have again like Jefferson, you can have like three guys on this guy. He will find a way to get open. And Burrow will find him because Burrow and Chase is like, you know, two peas in a pod. These guys are going to be together forever until they go to the Hall of Fame, probably together. So at the end of the day, I'm a huge fan of that combination. And they will lead Cincinnati to many playoff runs and who knows how many Super Bowls. I'm going to stop myself there because they didn't deserve this football game. They just didn't. John Harbaugh lost this football game for the Baltimore Ravens. And quite frankly, I'm going to point my finger to the NFL. You're going to be like, why are you pointing your finger to the NFL? It has nothing to do with the NFL. Oh, it does. Here's my take. Why the hell are we so obsessed with trying to get the fans and more involved in the football game? Fan experience this, fan experience that. I'm going to say that the game was over after Melissa Starks interviews John Harbaugh in the football game, asking two huge dumb questions Almost to the point where Harbaugh is about to say something really nasty. He actually was mumbling something as he was moving. But you know right there that in his head that he was thrown off. He was thrown off. He clearly wasn't in a good football spirit and in a football zone to lead his football team. Who knows why that was? But that was the dagger. It was over. It was over there and then. Harbaugh, in his entire frame of mind, was thrown off. And it showed in his play calling. 
he, the way that he handled that last drive, okay, with two timeouts, and you're like, oh, okay, I can't score too early because if I yeah. do, the opponents are going to come down the field and they're going to kick a field goal to win the game. No, Jim, you're better than that. Get the frigging points on the board first. You have such a good defense, okay? You could have easily stopped them and gone into overtime. But no, your head wasn't into it because Melissa Starks, got into your head by asking two dumb questions and the NFL's obsession. Look, I'll back my point up by saying this. What happened to the Arizona Cardinals this year, right? What happened to the Arizona Cardinals? They had one of the worst seasons ever. Why? Because we have a dumb NFL that wants to add some good old fan experiences. Let's go inside the NFL locker rooms during the season and follow the Arizona Cardinals. Well, guess what? It's a massive frigging distraction. That's what it is. It's a huge distraction. Your, your players are obsessed with the camera and trying to perform for the camera constantly. Yeah, they're performing for the camera on a daily basis for the, the football games is what I'm talking about. But when you're getting into an intimate environment, it should be left to the football team and not the frigging fans. You don't need an in-game interview to go disrupt the coach. I blame this on the NFL. I blame this on Melissa Stark. I know it makes absolutely no sense, but to me, the better team lost this football game with a backup quarterback. If Lamar plays this football game, different story. Baltimore takes it, just like the Miami Dolphins. Same thing. Lamar did not play this football game. The Baltimore Ravens lost. At the end of the day, what do I do if I'm the Ravens moving forward? I'll tell you something. I don't bring Lamar back. That's for sure. Lamar Jackson's contract ends. Yeah. Your entire whole salary cap management is about to try to win a Super Bowl for sure with a rookie quarterback contract. Look at what Cincinnati is going to do right now. They're going to be with Burrow. They're probably going to get a Super Bowl. Look what San Francisco is doing with Purdy. If they keep Purdy, they're probably going to win a Super Bowl because you got to maximize your cheap quarterback contract. He's your franchise player. Lamar, I'm sorry. You will not be a Baltimore Raven come next year. Market, I am calling it. The Ravens will have a new franchise quarterback come next year. And John Harbaugh, man, you better speak up and say something about those in-game interviews because you're better than that. You did coach a bad football game, but I blame Melissa Starks for that. Dom Demeester, say it like it is. Say it like you mean it. I love it. Yeah, I, I tough Dominic for the Baltimore Ravens in this one. A lot of questions for them to answer in the offseason, obviously starting with Lamar Jackson. So we still got another game to recap. How about them Cowboys? The Dallas Cowboys go into Tampa Bay, come away victorious, 31-14 to over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Great stuff by Dallas. Dak looked great in this game. Brady did not. I think if you're the Dallas Cowboys, Dominic, you couldn't have scripted a better way to win this game. Dak had struggled near the end of the season. So had the Cowboys. Dak puts the team on his back in this one. He gets my game ball. Dalton Schultz, I think, does as well. I think he got to split it in two. He had a great game. And I love the fact that Dak was getting all these receivers involved for the Cowboys. On the other hand, Dominic, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense has looked pathetic. Uh, you know, at times during the season for the most part. And nothing changed in this game. It's as if they don't practice. They go to the field and Brady says, okay, guys, get open. Like, it, to me, it boggles my mind with the receivers and the quarterbacks you have on this squad and the the offensive play caller in Byron left, which I don't understand why this offense is so poor. It's atrocious. It's so difficult to watch. 
I'm happy they're out, number one, because I am I ain't no Brady fan. But number two, this team did not deserve to be in the playoffs. This offense was terrible. Good stuff on the Cowboys. Big victory. You're moving on to face the 49ers. Yeah, Mika Parsons, baby. He came, he played, he delivered, and he destroyed. He even destroyed Ryan Jansen. He definitely didn't look ready. So Parsons got the best of everybody. Mike McCarthy comes in and schools Todd Bowles. I mean, Todd Bowles, I love you as a man, as a person, but as a coach, take a back seat. You deserve to be fired after that football game. And I think that he might be actually fired, but he'll always find a job in the NFL because at the end of the day, he's a great defensive coordinator and there's not enough of those in the NFL. That being said, Dallas Cowboys, wow. Keep on running the football the way you are. Mike McCarthy doing a great job mixing it up. It was the Mike McCarthy show. A lot of people were going to throw this guy out of Dallas. I hope you realize what you got in Mike McCarthy. He doesn't have a Super Bowl ring out of nowhere. He won it against the Steelers, a great franchise. He deserves to be a head coach, and he will be a long time for the Dallas Cowboys. As for Tom Brady, dude, you know, you probably should have retired. A lot of people are going to be like, dude, what was that? That was just god awful. You never had a, a chemistry with Mike Evans. You won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. What's going to happen now? I'm going to ask you, William, what do you think will happen with Tom Brady moving forward? It's funny you ask me, Dominic. I was watching the game with two buddies. We sat back. We made this. I think he's going to be back in Tampa for one more year. Well, he will be back. And I'm going to call a huge prediction right now. We talked about it earlier in the show. Tom Brady will be back, but he won't be back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to predict something out of nowhere, but it makes sense when you think about it. Tom Brady will be a quarterback next year for the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. The team is fully loaded. They're ready to win. They have a frigging college football coach who won't get in the way because Brady will be calling all the shots. It's a perfect environment. It's a great place to play. The fans deserve it. Why don't you just go deliver a Super Bowl to the Vikings fans out there? Tampa Bay, you're done with Tom Brady. Move on. And Minnesota, just bite the money. Bite the money. The debt. You have one more year contract frigging for Cousins. Just take the dead money, cut Cousins, and bring in a superstar like Tom Brady. With those wide receivers, you would get yourself a Super Bowl. Mark it down. Tom Brady will leave Tampa Bay this season. I really like that, Dominic. You know, Minnesota hasn't been a team he's been linked to all that much, but it would make a lot of sense. I don't know if he fits this Minnesota Vikings uniform, Dominic, but hey, crazier things have happened. We never thought he was going to leave New England. It'll be interesting to see. I wonder if he retires and decides to come back and play. He you won't know. retire, William. He's a madman. He will not retire. Yeah, I, you're, I, you're probably right, Dominic. I don't know. It's been such a crazy, you know, year in the NFL. I don't think you ever know what's going to happen, especially in this offseason. But, you know, tough way to end the season for, for Brady and those Bucks. Congrats, Dallas Cowboys. You are moving on. Let's head in to our next weekend of football. We got eight teams remaining, the Elite Eight, as it would say in March Madness. Our first game on the board, Dominic. Who would have thought the Jacksonville Jaguars would be playing at the Kansas City Chiefs? Chiefs are favored by eight and a half in this one, Dominic. Look, Kansas City is a very good football team. You can say they're the favorites to win the sorry, win the conference in the AFC. I would agree with you. The only thing is, is we have seen Kansas City at times this year, Dominic, not look as dominant as we have thought they would look. 
they're just getting by the Houston Texans, just getting by the Denver Broncos. You got that bye week. Are they a little rusty? Jacksonville's coming off a, you know, a, a very impressive win in this one. Mind you, I'm saying all that. I will take Kansas City to win, and I will also take them to cover. I don't want to uh, lead people in the wrong direction there. But it's been, like I said, a stranger in the NFL. We've seen upsets. The way Jacksonville pulls off this upset is Trevor Lawrence. He's going to have to have one of his best, if not his best game of the season. He will not be able to afford to have a bad quarter, let alone a bad drive in this one, if they want to have any chance of beating this Chiefs team. This Chiefs team is going to, this sorry, Jaguars team is going to have to put up a lot of points. And I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence in this one, he's going to need to show why he was number one overall pick drafted. Um, and I think he's going to have to have the game of his career. I think it's going to be tough, Dominic. I really do think it's a tall ask, especially playing in Arrowhead. I think Kansas City is just too strong, Dominic. And, you know, we had question marks around the squad after losing Tyree Kill. They have not slowed down at all. You know, even in the slightest. So I'm going to go with Kansas City, Dominic, winning this game uh, and covering the spread in this one. I'm going to go with final score 32 to 20 in this one for Kansas City. I think, you know, Jacksonville can keep it close, but I think ultimately Kansas City holds the lead. Uh, they keep it, Dominic, and they're able to, uh, you know, to, to possess the uh, possess the football and control this game uh, from start to finish. And Kansas City moves on and eliminates the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is going to be the game of the week. I'm calling it. Wow. Jacksonville is going to be a phenomenal football game, folks. You better be ready for it because you just saw a huge, miraculous comeback. And what does that do? That brings so much momentum to a franchise, to a team. I mean, that locker room is right now like a lightning bolt. That first half, I'm going to predict that Jacksonville will be leading against KC wow. in the first half. And this, the crowd is going to be stunned. And people are going to be questioning, like, what is going on? I don't think Kansas City can match the energy early on. So what are they going to do? Well, Pat Mahomes is going to probably have to have, not necessarily statistically, the best game of his life. But you're going to see things that Pat Mahomes can do that only he can do. He will win this game in overtime. As usual, Pat Mahomes just knows how to deliver. And I think it will not be Kelsey. It's going to be someone that we least expect that's going to have a huge football game. And I'm going to predict it's probably going to be the ex-New York Giant who, for whatever reason, I don't know why this guy left. The New York Giants, to me, it must have been a question of his attitude. But the MVP of this football game, I think, will be Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony has the speed, just like Tyreek Hill. And I think we're going to see a probably a, a miraculous bomb in overtime to Tony to seal the deal and to bring the tears to Trevor Lawrence. Because at the <laughs> end of the day, it's going to sting. Because I'm pretty sure right now, like... If you're in the playoffs, you can think you, you can think you're gonna win the Super Bowl. And Trevor Lawrence, right now, his confidence is probably sky high. So it'll be a great game, best game of the week. Give me Kansas City in overtime, 36 to 30. Wow, Dom, that would be something else. I I, I don't see it, but I, I love it, Dominic. And I would love to see that she pull off the upset. That would be super exciting. All right, so nice game on our docket. We got the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles favored by seven, six, seven and a half in this one. And the Eagles also coming off the bye, Dominic. Yeah, this is going to be a really entertaining football game, but it will change gears at halftime. I think that this, obviously, these both these teams know each other, same division, divisional rivals. But when it comes to playoff football and the offensive line, 
even though I like the, the the New York Giants defensive line, they have a Williams is an amazing player, but I've never seen such a good offensive line this year than the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm going to say that tight football game, probably around like 14, 13 at halftime, but the Eagles just run and run like you've never seen them run before this year. They will win this football game through the running game. Give me Philadelphia 45 to 28. Wow. Well, Dominic, look, it's a division rival. It's two NFC East foes. Uh, it's not easy to win a divisional matchup, as everybody knows. And I'm calling my upset pick of the week, week here, Dominic. I'm going with the New York football giants to eliminate the wow. one seed in the Philadelphia Eagles. This was my toughest game to predict, Dominic. I'm not going to lie. I was going back and forth, back and forth. And I said, am I going to do it? I said, yes, I am going to do it. I'm going to go with the Giants shocking the world and winning 27 to 24 in this one i think momentum is a huge thing in football dominic and the giants have momentum they beat a really good football team in the minnesota vikings the philadelphia eagles two of their last three weeks lost did not have jalen hurts they have a bye this week you know and for a team that didn't look all that impressive in their final week victory dominic they did pick it up in the second half mind you i don't know something about this game has upset written all over for me dominic and i know be a shocker but i'm gonna go with the giants in this one i think daniel jones has a very similar game to the one he had uh against the minnesota vikings and i think the eagles come out flat in this one dominic and by the end of the first quarter it's like a 10 to 3 lead for the giants and i think the giants don't look back i think it'll be a tight game i think it'll be close but i think ultimately it'll be saquon barkley being the difference dominic in the passing game for this new york giants football team and i think the giants come away with the massive upset i'm gonna go 27 24 new york giants dominic over the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia, one and done in the playoffs. That'd be surprising. But give me those Giants. I'm going to go Daniel Jones in the upset. All right, next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo favored by five, Dominic, at home. I'm surprised at this spread. And this spread has me scratching my head. And it's the first time I'm taking a look at it. And I'm saying to myself... This opens the door wide open for Cincinnati. It really does. Because Buffalo... At the end of the day, they have a better defense. They're just they're, they're a better team right now because they're healthier than Cincinnati. That left tackle injury, uh, dislocated kneecap, you, you know, that's going to be Burrow's blindside. So that's going to force Cincinnati, I think, to either go one-dimensional. It's either going to be one-dimensional running or one-dimensional throwing. And uh, you would imagine that Buffalo's offense is going to have to throw the football a lot. So... I'm going to call a great football game, but at the end of the day, Cincinnati will win this football game. They'll win this football game through Jamar Chase. I talked about them. This combination is a Hall of Fame combination, and I just don't trust Josh Allen. What I saw last week, again, the eyes, the, 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 the anxiety. Sure, I saw some nice throw, but I don't see it as consistent as Burrow. I like Chase and Burrow a lot more than I like Diggs and Allen, and that's what it's going to come down to. Give me Cincinnati in the upset, 32-27. to 27. Hey, Dominic, that's crazy. I'm going with the upset as well, and a very similar score as well. I'm going to go 31-26 Cincinnati in this one. Something about this game 
again, similar to the the Giants game, Dominic has upset written on it. And I was, I'll tell you, I wasn't surprised. I was shocked at the point spread in this one. Five points for Buffalo after Buffalo, you know, struggled to be a third-string quarterback. Look, Miami played a heck of a game. I don't take anything away from my Dolphins. But I really do think that this is Cincinnati's year, Dominic, and they're going to come out strong, especially after last year coming up short in the Super Bowl. Um Look, it wasn't pretty for the Bengals. It wasn't a pretty win. But I think we see the good Joe Burrow. We see good Jamar Chase. And I think one of these two wide receiver twos slash threes for this football team steps up this game, either T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd. And I do think it'll be a lot of passing in this football game for the Bengals, like you alluded to. So, yeah, I got the Bengals as well, Dominic, in the upset. I'm going to go 31-26 to Cincinnati uh, and shocking the Buffalo Bills, which means that, you know, I got the Eagles and the Bills losing this weekend. Uh, crazy weekend in the NFL. Last but not least, Dominic, we got just uh, a couple minutes left on our show. We got the Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, Sunday Night Football. Football, San Fran favored by four. Can the Dallas Cowboys pull off the upset? Yes, will they? I don't think so, Dominic. I think San Francisco is good enough to win this football game. Uh, I like what I saw out of them last week in the second half. I thought they had a great game plan, Dominic. I really like Brock Purdy. I'm not sure I trust Dak to have great back-to-back games. I love what I saw out of him this past weekend. But I think this week against the San Francisco 49ers defense, it's a tall task for this Cowboys. Uh, I think that, it, you know, it's a close game early on. But near the end of the game, the 49ers pull away. I'm going to go final score 33-23 in this one for the San Francisco 49ers. And Brock Purdy stays undefeated. Yeah, this is going to be a old school football game where you're going to see the clock churning and churning and churning. And I honestly think that whoever runs the ball better will win this football game. Now, how can you go against Christian McCaffrey, right? This guy is just a superstar. And the way that he runs the ball is borderline the best in the NFL. But he's facing Mike McCarthy and Mike McCarthy has seen everything. So, this will be a defensive football game, and this will go down to the fourth quarter. Won't be a pretty football game. I mean, we got to remember Brock Purdy, as much as he's doing amazing, you know, the pressure is going to continue here and continue and continue. And can he get over another obstacle, which is a great football coach, a great defense in Dallas, and a team that's going to be there toe to toe with them? I'm going to say, yeah, he does, but he won't cover the spread. Give me San Francisco in an ugly football game, 19 to 16. Hey, old school, old fashioned. I like it. All right, folks, that is it for this weekend. I hope we get the great games we got this past weekend. This weekend, that would be something else. Been a super fun season in the NFL, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh, obviously, we appreciate our viewers and our listeners. Dominic, great show. Super pumped for football. Folks, enjoy the second round of the playoffs. You were listening to CJLO 69 AM in Montreal.